Welcome to the Parada Podcast, a podcast that takes 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by TSX Broadway. Filling in for Dan Primack, I'm Kim Hart. On today's show, British Prime Minister Theresa May suffers a key defeat in Brexit negotiations, and a sizable chunk of 18 to 27-year-olds expect to never be able to pay off their debt. But first, the polar vortex has split, and that means we're about to see some frequent cold weather outbreaks in North America, Europe, and Asia. Last week, Axios reported that scientists were seeing signs that global weather patterns were shifting to usher in unusually cold and snowy weather patterns in the latter half of January and into February. As Axios science editor Andrew Friedman writes, the changes are being triggered by a sudden warming of air some 100,000 feet above the Arctic. In this case, it's sending cold air to the south and leading to a more wintry winter than we've seen in years past. The polar vortex in this case has actually split into three and is pushing cold air into spots across Eurasia and North America. In the past, polar vortex splits have ushered in major snowstorms, and events like that can have major ramifications for energy markets, including spikes in natural gas prices. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper into what this polar vortex really means with Axios Science Editor Andrew Friedman. But first, this. Capable of serving 15 million visitors a year in the heart of Times Square, TSX Broadway is the ideal platform for the world's most ambitious brands. With integrated retail, entertainment, and hospitality, as well as Times Square's only permanent outdoor stage and real-time digital customer engagement, TSX Broadway allows for every kind of branded experience in the world's most visible location. Learn more at tsxbroadway.com. Joining us in the studio is Andrew Friedman, our resident expert on climate science, to tell us more about what's happening. So let's start with the basics. What actually causes this phenomenon called a polar vortex? So it's actually an aspect of the climate that is pretty much permanently over the Arctic in the wintertime. Its causes are just sort of a variety of reasons of the way that the global climate system works. Think of it as a giant pinwheeling area of low pressure at upper levels of the atmosphere, almost like a spinning top at the top of the globe. And once it slows down or splits off, like if you touch that spinning top and it starts to wobble, that's what forecasters are really looking at in terms of whether or not it'll bring more impacts into the mid-latitudes, meaning North America and Europe. So this is a phenomenon that's always kind of there, but when it gets disrupted, that's when the wobbling happens and it can create some strange dynamics that we're not used to seeing. Yeah, and it can actually create the situation in which the you have a comparatively warmer than normal Arctic and a colder than normal mid-latitude. So you've written that these disruptions are actually becoming more frequent. What's causing the disruptions? Thinking behind that is that sea ice loss in the Arctic in the summer months, and it's particularly in the fall in the month of October, is having an impact on the upper atmosphere. So there is a published scientific work showing that there is at least a correlation. Whether there's a causation, we're not completely sure. The scientists aren't completely sold on it yet. Okay. So these Arctic blasts that we're expecting to hit parts of Europe and North America and Asia, are there specific regions of those continents that scientists are predicting to have an abnormally worse winter? Yeah. So right now we're already seeing colder than average conditions start to intrude on Europe. We've seen feet of snow 
fall in Austria. People are actually trapped in their homes. There have been multiple deaths. We're seeing an outlook for much colder than average conditions in the UK in the next two weeks. And then the outlook trends colder and colder in the eastern United States from about the Midwest. So I would say Chicago to Boston to New York to D.C. The winter that we've been missing so far looks like it's just delayed. It's not totally going to pass us by. It's just delayed to end of January, February, and possibly even into March. So get those snow shovels out and ready is what you're saying in the mid-Atlantic specifically. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how weather patterns like this impact the overall climate change conversations. If the past is any indication, it seems to confuse a lot of people when the ramifications of global warming actually leads to colder weather. That paradox is hard to wrap our minds around. Yeah, and it's something that scientists struggle with. Um, You know, there was the famous incident of Senator James Inhofe bringing a snowball onto the Senate floor and tossing it to an aide after a Washington blizzard that was actually connected to a polar vortex disruption that scientists think might be linked to Arctic climate change. So there is this paradox where you've been seeing massive changes in the Arctic in all seasons, warming in the winter, warming in the summer, warming in the spring. And it's not, the impacts of that are not staying in the Arctic. It's like the Las Vegas saying, you know, what happens up there does not stay up there. It is affecting us. But there are published studies out there that show that winter in the Northeast and in Europe is shifting later in the year. We're seeing more bigger snowstorms in February and March. As this weird weather, we're seeing more and more of it. I mean, you've covered the wildfires last year in California and how that was triggered by some weird weather patterns or could be have been worsened anyway by them. We're seeing these polar vortex scenarios. Do scientists think that the frequency of these weird weather patterns will just continue to increase or is there a leveling off? happening somewhere? Uh, It depends exactly the phenomena that you're talking about. So really what scientists expect to happen is that wet areas potentially get wetter, dry areas get drier, wildfires worsen in many parts of the globe, particularly the Mediterranean and the western U.S. and the southwest. California sees an all-year fire season. Basically, the past two years have both been the worst fire seasons they've ever had, and that is going to continue. So a lot of this stuff is, it seems to me, and it seems to a lot of climate scientists I've spoken with recently, that it's the past couple of years that people have really started to see climate change in their ordinary weather. And that has prompted people to change some of their attitudes and to change some of their support for different solutions. It's driven at home. Yeah. Great. Andrew Friedman, thanks so much for chatting with us today. My final two coming up next. Times Square's newest spectacle, 46 stories of maximalist retail called TSX Broadway. TSX Broadway will be the only building in Times Square to offer a permanent outdoor performance venue overlooking the iconic ticket's red steps. It'll also feature 75,000 square feet of flexible retail space. Visit tsxbroadway.com for an inside look at the future of retail. Now it's time for my final two. First, British Prime Minister Theresa May lost a key vote in Parliament on Wednesday, forcing her to offer a Brexit Plan B within three days should the deal she secured with the EU fail in a vote next Tuesday, the BBC reports. Why does it matter? May's deal looked 
set to be voted down last month, but she postponed the vote, hoping that fears of a potentially catastrophic no-deal Brexit would rally support for her unpopular plan. But the opposition Labour Party and a portion of her own Conservative Party are demanding that she rule out the possibility of a no-deal, and they teamed up to defeat her today. Labour says it will table a motion of no confidence in May's government if she loses next week's vote. The stalemate continues, and May is running out of time. Finally, a new report out today finds that a majority of 18 to 37-year-olds don't know when or even if they will ever be able to pay down their debt, and nearly 20% said they expect to die before they are able to pay it off. That's according to a new creditcards.com report out today. Why is that? Excluding mortgages, the average millennial held around $32,000 in personal debt last year, according to a study by Northwestern Mutual. But as education and healthcare have eaten up more of young adults' budgets, their median earnings have barely risen since baby boomers were the same age. A recent Federal Reserve study explains that millennials tend to have less assets and wealth than previous generations, stemming from the side effects of the Great Recession in the late 2000s and early 2010s. And housing prices continue to be a major concern for this generation. And we're done. My thanks to producers Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers. As Dan would say, have a great National Static Electricity Day. Dan will be back on the mic tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.